You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. Well, hey, Becoming Me, I'm so excited to introduce you to my warrior friend, Hannah. Hannah, welcome to Becoming Me. I am so excited to be here, Emily. I love who you are. I love this vision. This is going to be so fun. Girl, right back at you. And what you all don't know watching this interview is Hannah and I have been like Instagram friends for a little while now. That's right. a mutual friend. And I feel like she's a soul sister. Like we haven't met in real life, but I feel like we have. (laughs) That's the sign of a true friend is like you connect before you actually connect, right? So we are, we're soul sisters. We're best friends. It's great. (laughs) I love it. So let's dive in with maybe the hardest question. I mean, it's Hannah. Yes, that big question, right? Um, well, yes, I am a girl that loves fun and adventure, first of all, and um, always up for a new friend. Um, I live right outside of what I would say is the best city in the world, which is Chicago, and I love my city. I have major city pride. I've, I've lived here my whole life and um, give really, really good tours of Ooh. Chicago. Um, I, uh, I'm engaged to an amazing man named Aaron Barnett, and uh, we're really excited about our future together. And I uh, have the honor of running an organization called Generation Distinct. And really what we do is we equip young leaders to discover the wrong they were uniquely born to make right, and then equip them with the strategy they need to actually live it out and see lasting change take place in their life. And in that process, they actually discover more of who Jesus is. And so I love that I get to do that with my life every day. I lead a team of incredible staff that, that actually makes that all happen. I'm also a speaker, author, podcast host, do a little bit of everything, anything to really share this message that I really feel God has put on my heart. And that is that there is a wrong that we were born to make right, that we're not here on accident. We're not even here just to coast and chill and have an easy, comfortable life. But what if we were here for a reason? And that is not for ourselves, but actually to change the world and to make it look a little bit more like what God intended it to look like. And, and so that's, that's a little bit of who I am. But most days you'll find me exploring cities, traveling if I can, and um, drinking some coffee along the way. What kind of coffee are you drinking? So I'm a, I'm a strong Midwesterner, which you have to be right if you live in Chicago in the winter. It's, it's December today, so it's, it's nice and cold here. Um, so I'm a black coffee drinker, like black, dark. Are you really? Yes, I love it. Oh, yes. Everyone always thinks that's so bizarre, but yes, 
We are the fiercest of them all, for sure. I knew we were soul sisters. Yes, I knew it. I knew it. I love it. Okay, what's the degrees in Chicago area today? You know, it's actually not that bad. I think it's maybe like a 35, 36 day, which I know for Florida, probably, but that is not bad. So the sad part is it's warmer where you are than Florida right now. Like it's 30 degrees in Ocala today. It's not. Yes. Are you serious? How cold does it get in the winter? Like 30 degrees. Okay. Okay. Still though. Rigid. I can't handle it. I mean, especially for you all where your blood is adjusted to the warmth. Yeah. That is, that is wild. I'm, I'm impressed, Emily. I'm impressed. I've been (laughs) drinking black coffee all day. Yes. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Well, hey, let's dive into your story. Like, unpack for us how you've become who you are today. Yes. I love this topic of becoming because what it really is saying is that we're not ever supposed to arrive, right? That we're always supposed to be becoming. And I think that's such a refreshing picture. And so I just love that you even frame our stories in that. Um, I I really always say at the beginning of my story, that I have always searched for adventure. I've always searched for risk. And, and that characterized a lot of my story. And when I look back, um, I, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for, for some things that were placed that really helped me find that in the right way. I, I had the gift of being raised at a really awesome church. Um, a lot of people have a lot of church hurt in their background and God, for whatever reason, really protected me from that. And I grew up at an awesome, vibrant, creative church. And um, since then, it's gone through some really hard things. Um, but at the time, it was a really awesome place to grow up. And in that place, I was really exposed to a version of Jesus that was fun, that was invitational, that was inviting me into the mission that he had to see the world transformed. And I also had the incredible gift of being raised by parents who had had honestly become Christians later in life. And so had a lot of experience with, with a non-Jesus-centered life. And so they, they were really open with their stories um, with my siblings and I. And so I kind of grew up understanding that there were other options And yet, even with those other options, the things that my parents had tried, there was just simply nothing better than this life of following Jesus. And my parents gave us a ton of freedom to really explore what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us as unique individuals and personalities to discover what it meant to follow Jesus. And so around the age of 16, I was in, like, I loved following Jesus. It was exciting for me. It was a part of, uh, of an adventure. I knew that I could make a difference if I followed Jesus and I, I was in, right? And so at around that time, I, I thought, man, this is going great. This is good. I serve at my church. I'm loving the community I have, but I want to actually do the world changing thing now. Like I I hear these stories in scripture and there's all these stories of how people actually did crazy wild things with their life in order to see the world transformed. And I want in on that. And I'm telling you, I've always looked for how can I get the most dangerous and not get too, you know, off, off the rails, but how can I get dangerous and adventurous and risk? And so I started just praying this prayer and it, and it sounds so simplistic looking back, but I, I think there is actually some wisdom in it that I didn't even recognize at the time. But I just started praying this prayer and said, God, whatever you want me to do with my life, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And, and here's my life. It's yours. And I want to change the world to just show me what you want me to do with my life. 
And then I kind of felt like it went radio silent. And I was a little bit confused, right? Because in my mind, I thought, I just gave you my life, Jesus. I just said I would do anything. And now I'm not getting anything back from you. And as a 16-year-old, it felt like an eternity, right? But it was really just a few months. And But there was month after month after month where I was on my knees in my bedroom saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I remember being in worship at youth group saying, God, what do you want to do with my life? And why are you not telling me? And after kind of this, this waiting season, which again felt really long as a 16-year-old, I got to this point where I, I picked up this book that really helped young people figure out which injustice they're most passionate about, kind of presented all these major injustices that exist in the world. So I thought, oh, perfect. I found this book. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read the book. I'm going to figure out what injustice I'm passionate about, and I'll go out and change the world tomorrow. Like in my mind, it was going to be really, really easy, right? And so I started reading this book and, you know, it would talk about human trafficking, and I would think, oh my goodness, this is it. This is my passion. I'm going to go save all the, all the girls out of human trafficking, right? And then I flipped the page to me about orphans across the world. And I would think, oh, no, 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 never mind. I'm going to go save all the orphans, right? And then I flipped the page again. It would be about homelessness across America. And I would say, oh, no, 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 for real this time, this one is it. I'm going to go save all the homeless people, right? So I got to the end of the book and was way more confused obviously, then I started. I just started thinking, man, God, what does this mean for me? What are you trying to tell me? I don't know what to do. I care about all of these injustices. God, what do you want me to do with my life? And it was honestly, Emily, this really interesting moment. And I don't want to over-spiritualize it. I don't, I don't want to be one of those people that are like, I heard from God because I, I don't know about you. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I think that confuses people when we say it like that, right? But I feel like I just got this impression, like this thought came to me that wasn't really from myself. And I felt that God was impressing on my heart, Hannah, you're not called to solve all of the injustice in this world. Instead, I want to use you to empower a generation to solve injustice in this world. And in so doing, you'll have a greater impact. Wow. And I was excited. I mean, I... I jumped up off the couch. I ran up to my bedroom at the time and I had this little whiteboard. And as a 16 year old, I just started writing out all these dreams and plans and ideas for what it would be like to equip my generation to not just know about injustice, but to actually build a plan, a strategy for how they could use their one and only lives to see wrong things made right in the world. That was that first original vision. And then after that, I put the whiteboard on the shelf and everything went back to normal. Right. And I, again, I think that's a stereotype that we have in our mind is that when God speaks to us, we think everything changes. And the next day we wake up and we look entirely different and we're glowing and we're changing the world. And so often we wake up the next morning and everything's the same. Because God doesn't see time the way that we see it, right? He sees the, the long game and we see it in these short little glimpses. And so again, my life kind of went back to normal. I went back to youth group the next day, right? It was a, it was a fairly normal thing. Well, then fast forward a few years, I'm 20 at the time, and um, I had went right into ministry when I was 18. So I, I worked right in youth ministry and children's ministry um, at a local church for two years. 
And as I was working in the local church context, which I loved, my heart is so for the local church, um, I was noticing something that was really confusing to me, honestly. I was looking around and I was seeing my generation, my peers, walking away from the church. And it wasn't just my church. I mean, my church was pretty good with, with young people, but just the collective church, it was like there were so many people walking away. And I was so confused because for me, like in my experience, the best, most exciting part of my life had always been in following Jesus. And the most fulfilling, the most uh, amazing parts were following Jesus, right? Yeah. And yet when I would sit down and I would ask these young leaders, why are you walking away from the church? What's going on? Like, why don't you want to follow Jesus? They would say, well, I want to go out and figure out what I'm passionate about. Or I want to go fight for justice. Or, or I want to do something with my life that's actually exciting. And I don't see any of that in these four walls that you call the church. Wow. And what I realized is that these young leaders, they weren't walking away from Jesus. No, they were walking away from a misguided and warped picture of who the church had told them Jesus was. That's good. And in that moment, something clicked. And I knew that I had to help my generation discover the Jesus that I had. A Jesus who was saying, hey, if you actually want to go fight injustice, if you want to experience fulfillment, if you want to adventure, if you want to risk, if you want to change the world, that's because I gave that desire to you. And come follow me and I'm going to show you how. And man, that kind of lit a fire inside of me. And I started to ask this question, what if we could ask the same questions that the world is asking, right? That the world is attracting young leaders into about injustice and passion and purpose. And what if we could answer those questions, leading them back to the very one who gave them those passions and desires. And so that really was kind of the, 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 the last straw. And I said, I think we need to start Generation Distinct. And, and really that paired with that original vision I had as a 16 year old, and that was the how. And what if we could actually equip them with strategies so they don't just know that they're passionate, that they want to do something with their lives, that they want this adventure, but what if we could actually show them how to do it and then see them go out and do it in the name of Jesus. And so um, really today, that is what I get to do every day is I get to sit down with young leaders or, or start these cohorts that my team now leads and, and they get to do it with young leaders from around the, the world who are really being equipped to discover the wrong they're born to make right and be trained on it and see and understand that Jesus is the one who can ultimately equip us to truly create change in the world. And, and it's so wild when I think that was when I was 20, I'm 25 today. And um, in so many ways, I, um, I truly believe that, you know, when we actually walk into God's plan for our life, <clears throat> I think we think it's going to be really, really glamorous right? And that those stories that we read that someone's like, I quit my job and I started a company and I'm changing the world. And you're like, they probably have like a beautiful office. They probably have like millions of dollars in their budget and just an amazing life and they're jet setting. And it's, it's so funny because I have been confronted every day with sometimes how, um, unglamorous it is to follow Jesus. It's fulfilling. It is the best adventure I've ever been a part of, but it doesn't mean it's glamorous. It doesn't mean we have three, three story offices and it doesn't mean that it always looks pretty. 
And sometimes I'm exhausted and sometimes I say, can I just have a normal nine to five job? And, and sometimes I think, is this, is this really, really worth it to be exhausted or to sometimes leading is hard when I make a failure and as a 25 year old that I realize I don't know what I don't know. And, and, and I think honestly, what God has been teaching me so much in this season is, is that it's okay to be normal right? That it's okay to be weak. And as an individual, I've always wanted to be that strong leader, that strong human, especially as a woman, right? To try and say, I'm this strong female leader and I don't have any weaknesses. And, and I'm so grateful for a core of women around me and my fiance, Erin, who are just constantly reminding myself that I can be weak and that there's power in that. And so I, I think what I really becoming, especially in this season is, yeah, I've, I've gotten to ride this exciting story of starting and then, you know, leading and, and launching and, and writing a book. And those things have been so exciting and so beautiful and the fulfillment of so many dreams. And yet at the same time, realizing I'm really weak sometimes and I don't feel impressive. And oftentimes I don't really feel even worth following and maybe that's okay. Um, and so I really believe that at least so far, my story is one where I've had to shed a lot of the of the picture that I thought it meant mm -hmm. to be a successful Christian woman, that I had to surrender that, that I had to say, what if it's not just one vision, but maybe it's actually me just discovering more and more of who God has uniquely created me to be. And if I can just be fully in line with who God has created me to be, then I can be the leader that he needs me to be. And so I think these days, honestly, the biggest thing that I'm trying to become is I'm just, I'm just trying to become like Jesus and I'm trying to become, um, a little bit more real and a little bit more honest and a little bit more okay with being a weak and normal human that does her absolute best to lead people to Jesus. I love that. And I resonate with that deeply. Mm -hmm. um, it's so true. I think often, especially as you pointed out, as a female leader, yeah. you might think you need to be perfect or yes. be X, Y, Z and show up and not make any mistakes. And right. the beautiful thing is like, we're in our twenties. We should yeah. make mistakes because we've never been there before. Right. We don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and so as long as we're becoming who God designed us to be and becoming yes. like him, um, right. that's what it's about. Not that's all right. the stuff we accomplish in life, but that we're reflecting his heart. So yes. I love that. I mean, yes. if you were having a cup of black coffee with someone else, whether they have black coffee or a latte, whatever, <laughs> we won't judge y'all. But right. if you're having coffee with someone else, yes. how would you encourage them to become who God made them to be too? That's so good. I would say hands down, the biggest thing I can encourage, um, and I talk about this in the book, but I will honestly say this has been one of the most transformational parts of my life. Um, as I, I talk in the book that I have like these four pillars of life that matters and um, two of them focus on the idea of, of mentorship. Mm -hmm. And that is who is mentoring you and who are you mentoring? That's good. And when I was um, 18, I think it was my church that I attend in the area um, got really, really passionate about mentorship. And I'm a pretty logical thinker. You can ask Aaron. He always thinks it's so funny because I process things very logically. I'm, I'm very artistic, but I'm just a very logical processor. And so they taught about the Great Commission and that Jesus said, go out and make disciples. And they taught about how Jesus had people he invested in. Mm -hmm. And so I maybe I was even 17 at the time. 
And I heard this message and I thought, okay, if I'm supposed to do this, if this is what Jesus did, I'll go out and do it tomorrow. And so I, I looked around and I found some girls who were fifth and sixth graders. And I just said, hey, do you want to meet with me for coffee every few weeks and talk about Jesus? And I didn't, had no idea what I was doing. And then I looked above me and I saw who's the woman I most respected and most wanted to be like. And there was this powerhouse preacher who had written a book and had like multiple book deals coming. She lived in the area. She co-pastored a, a church plant with her husband. I mean, just like that really cool couple. And so I went up to her and I was like, would you mentor me? I don't know what this means, but will you? And she said, yes. And so there I was 17 years old. And all I knew was what my church had said I should be doing. And so I started to invest in these fifth and sixth grade girls. And, um, I would, you know, wake up early. A lot of times I, you know, had recently gotten my license. So I was 17, I would get up early and they had, you know, school started at seven 30 and I would, I would drive and pick them up from their house at about five 30 AM. I would take them for coffee. We would read the Bible, talk about Jesus. And then I would drop them off at school and then I would go about my day. And that became a big pattern for my life as a 17 year old. And to this day, those girls are, um, some of the most important girls in my life. I still have the honor of, of mentoring and discipling them. And um, now eight years later, now they're uh, juniors and seniors in high school. Some of them are about to go off to high, uh, to college. They are the junior bridesmaids in my wedding. And they are some of the most amazing young women. I've learned so much about Jesus from them, but I also have never felt more actually like I'm doing the ministry of Jesus than when I'm with them. Because here's the deal, they're my local ministry, so they're not impressed by me. Not that I'm impressive, I don't think that, but yeah. I, I, I have nothing to prove to them. And they were listening to me when I was just some 17 year old girl who had no idea what I was doing, right? And so when I get around them, they don't see me as a speaker or an author or a leader. They just see me as Hannah, who they've known since I was an awkward 17 year old. And yet I get to talk to them about Jesus. And, and gain to learn alongside of them and invest and show up when they call and say, hey, my parents are splitting up and I don't know what to do, right? Or, or when they call me and say, hey, I don't know if life is worth living right now. Will you come hold my hand? Or I get a call from one of their parents and say, hey, they just went into the hospital. Will you come? Those are the moments when we're really doing ministry. Not when we're on Instagram, not when we're speaking in front of thousands and it looks really cool. The real ministry is when we're up close and personal in the mess of people's lives and we're sacrificing for things that will never be talked about on Instagram. So I will honestly say, how are you investing in others, but also who is investing into you and take ownership of that and find that. I asked my mentor, Aubrey, if she would mentor me. And she said, yes, but I had to initiate. I had to say, I want this. I want to grow. And to this day, she's still my mentor. Um, her and her husband are co-officiating our wedding. Like they, these people are still a part of my life. And I will honestly say she's one of the most influential voices in my life. And so um, my biggest advice, and this is because people gave me this advice, is find people who will speak into your life, take initiative, take ownership of your own growth, then also choose to invest in the lives of others. That is so good. I absolutely love that. And you know, if Hannah, if somebody was listening to this conversation today and they're like, man, I want to connect with Hannah. I want to connect with everything she's doing. I want to buy her book. I want to know all the things. How yes. can they connect with you online? 
Yes. You can follow me at Instagram, which is where I spend most of my time. And that's at Hannah.Gronowski. I'm also on Twitter and TikTok a little bit. Um, but all that stuff is on my website, HannahGronowski.com. If you want to learn more about Generation Distinct and how you can even get involved in the tools and really utilize the program that we've created, it's GenerationDistinct.com. And the book is available, Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, all the places. That's so awesome. Well, girl, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your story, who you're becoming. You inspire me and um, I need to come to Chicago or you need to come to Florida. And hang out. Yes, absolutely. I give really good tours of Chicago, like I said. So come on down. We'll show you all the great places. Well, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv.